Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What should we reasonably expect from the Cardinals pitching staff in 2024? We'll tell you what the projections say and whether we agree. Coming up on B-Shape Daily. What's going on, everybody? And welcome in to this edition of B-Shape Daily. Brendan Schaefer, it is Thursday, February 1st, 2024. We are finally in the month. That will include the opening of spring training down in Jupiter, Florida. Pitchers and catchers report less than two weeks away as the St. Louis Cardinals embark upon the 2024 season and look to definitively put 2023 behind them. Today on B-Shape Daily, we are diving into the projections for the Cardinals pitching staff in 2024. We'll do the starting rotation. We'll do the bullpen. We'll take a look at the steamer projections for all of the Cardinals pitchers and whether it looks like it's going to be better or worse than it was last year, because I think that is a primary question that a lot of Cardinals fans have. Did they improve enough in the rotation? They didn't make the trade everybody kind of hoped they would make. They didn't land the Dylan Cease or the Logan Gilbert or one of those marquee trade candidates that we kind of thought maybe back in October they could look toward this offseason. Of course, none of those guys were really dealt in this offseason in MLB, the one that I guess you could say would have been an option would have been Tyler Glasnow, who ends up going to the Dodgers. We kind of figured the Rays would want to trade him because he's got just one year left before free agency at a very high price point. That's not typically the way that the Tampa Bay organization operates, but the Dodgers gave up a pretty good package to get him. And again, that would have just been a short-term answer anyway for the Cardinals. The short-term answers they went with, Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, the Cardinals signed both of those guys to one-year contracts with an option for 2025. A lot more of the kind of unsexy signings, right? Like, that's the way it's been described, fair or foul. That's been sort of the narrative surrounding those moves. Filling up innings at the bottom of the rotation has sort of been the description for the additions of Lynn and Gibson. The Cardinals fans that maybe don't love that that's the route the team went, I've heard it described by some that, well, I kind of figured they'd get one guy like Gibson or Lynn, but they're kind of both very similar to one another, and they don't represent a ton of upside. Cardinals fans hoping that maybe the Cardinals would look for more of a ceiling outcome from one of the additions than stabilizing the floor in the way that the team has. And we'll see whether the Cardinals' plan ends up working out. The one thing I'll say is the guy that on the steamer projections is leading the Cardinals in war in 2024 from a pitching perspective, is an incoming player, a guy who wasn't on the team last year, and that's going to be Sonny Gray as the Cardinals 
went out and at least in some way addressed the front end of the rotation by signing Gray to the three-year deal. So is it going to be enough, and how much better could it look than what the Cardinals ultimately got last year from their rotation and bullpen, respectively? We're going to dive into that because Steamer, all of their projections are available on fan graphs, and we're going to dive into a little bit of what to expect according to the projections and compare it to what happened last year and whether we agree with the projections as they're written out and and, and think that that's going to be a, a fair way to look at the Cardinals for the upcoming season or maybe uh, the projections aren't kind enough to what we expect the Cardinals to be able to do on their pitching staff or maybe we think yeah they're they're expecting some bold things that I just don't know if this group is really going to be able to attain. We will look at all the angles and dive into it on today's episode of B-Shape Daily. So appreciate you guys for being with me as always. Make sure to hit that subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner on YouTube to subscribe to the channel as we will cover the Cardinals here on YouTube and on the B-Shape Daily podcast, which is also available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It'll be all season long, all year long in 2024. Looking forward to getting going down at spring training in just a couple of weeks. So do me a favor, hit like and subscribe on this video. Comment below with your thoughts on the St. Louis Cardinals as it pertains to the pitching situation going into next year. Let's go ahead and take a look. We are on fangraphs.com to find the page. All I did was type in 2024 projections, Cardinals, steamer, and click the pitchers, and that's what we're going to be looking at here on today's video. Let's start, though, by talking about what we got from some of these guys last year. Last year in the rotation, we'll start there. The war leader for the Cardinals was Miles Michaelis with a 3.1 wins above replacement, according to Fangraph's war. Maybe a little surprising given that Jordan Montgomery was the team's best pitcher, but you got to remember he only pitched for the Cardinals for about two-thirds of the season, logging 80 fewer innings for St. Louis than Miles Michaelis did. Montgomery racked up 2.6 wins above replacement. He would have been the war leader had he stayed for the full season and accumulated all his innings with the Cardinals. Surprisingly enough, or maybe not so much, depending on how you view last season, Steven Matz checking in at number three in war. And this is specific to his time as a starter. Uh, I like that Fangraphs breaks it down this way because Steven Matz had 2.0 wins above replacement last year, but it lists him as just 1.7 war as a starter because they separate that out. So you can find the value he brought from the bullpen and from the rotation. 1.7 as a starter. Jack Flaherty was number four, another guy that was traded at the deadline, 1.6 wins above replacement. So only four Cardinals starters last season brought even one win above replacement. The rotation was a problem, as we kind of figured. Collectively, all of the starts that were made by Cardinals starters last year accumulated 9.6 total wins above replacement from the starting pitchers, and that includes Drew Rahm. It includes Dakota Hudson, Jake Woodford, Adam Wainwright, who started 21 games through over 100 innings and accumulated negative 0.4 wins above replacement. So he was below replacement value, which is not a high bar to clear. When we say wins above replacement, yes, well, like, what does that actually mean? If you had a whole team replacement level, you're winning like 40-some-odd games. I don't know the exact number. I think it, it adjusts annually, but it's in that range of like 47 wins, something to that effect. Not very good as a team. And so Adam Wainwright was below replacement level value. That is not what you're wanting. It's not what the Cardinals are wanting this season. 9.6 war for the team in 162 games started, 848 innings from the starting pitching staff last season in the games that were started. Looking ahead to this season, can the Cardinals be better? Well, they've got nine guys listed as 
probable to make a start for the Cardinals this year. And exactly how they come up with that is is up for some form of debate. It's not always going to be exact. It's not going to get the depth chart completely accurate. But it's a good kind of measuring stick to see how the Cardinals are viewed and how their players are viewed. Of these nine pitchers, I'll say off the top, the first thing I notice here on Fangraphs is that Zach Thompson's name is not listed. I expect Zach Thompson to make starts for the Cardinals this year. However, it looks as though Fangraphs is going to be uh, projecting him and Steamer is going to be projecting him as a reliever for the purposes of this exercise. So that's one area where we may right off the cuff disagree because I, and again, that's just kind of a gut feeling, but I think the Cardinals are going to use Thompson as part of the rotation depth. Maybe they don't, maybe spring training reveals another plan. But for now, if I had to pick one way or the other, I would kind of lean toward them trying to write it out with Zach Thompson in the rotation. And honestly, I could see a scenario where Matthew Libertor, if he looks good in some short spurts in Grapefruit League play down in Jupiter, I could see him being a bullpen guy rather than a reliever. The way that the Cardinals, or pardon me, the way that uh, Steamer has it plotted out is 30 total games for Matthew Libertor, only five starts. So they see him as uh, primarily a relief pitcher as well, at least according to these projections. But I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a case where he may not start at all, barring the potential for some some usage of an opener if the Cardinals uh, at some point decide to go that route. Um, I'll be curious to see whether that is something they do more this year than they've been willing in the past. It's not been something they've really ever embraced or done. Uh, but I do know that Heim Bloom, you know, coming from Tampa Bay, you can make the case of that being one of the more, you know, forward-thinking pitching staffs in baseball, at least in the way that they have approached things from a front office perspective. Uh, they get Heim Bloom as an advisor. It's not like he's a, a full-time employee, but will there be some influence there where he might get into someone's ear and say, hey, you may consider trying this. It worked for us when I was in Tampa. I'll, I'll be curious to see if the Cardinals are willing to go to that level or if it's going to be a little more traditional. I can imagine with guys like Lance Lynn on the rotation, Miles Michaelis, you're probably not going to see the opener, right? Like it, it's not necessarily something that I, I think those guys would be as amenable to. Uh, but maybe like a Steven Matz who who pitched out of the bullpen last year anyway, perhaps that's a way uh, that they try to integrate Steven Matz. I actually don't think that would be the worst idea in the world, uh, given some of the issues he had in the first inning last season. There were games where, gosh, it seemed like the Cardinals, before they even got a chance to bat, they might be down 4, 5, or 6 nothing. And some of the times that was when Steven Matz was in the game. So I wonder if maybe that would be an area where the Cardinals could say, hey, a 1-2-3 in a lineup that's tough on lefties, Perhaps you find some usage for an opener to then lead into Steven Matz for the second inning. Obviously, Libertor would not fit the billing on that because both are left-handed pitchers, but just something that I'm kind of tossing around as an idea. Okay, I want to get into the projections for the rotation first for this coming season. As I mentioned, the projected war leader for the Cardinals rotation is Sonny Gray at 3.1 wins above replacement. Now, Sonny Gray... I assume had more than that last year. I'm going to pull it up on fan graphs here. It it was equal to what Miles Michaelis brought last year. And and I think fan graphs in awarding the wins above replacement to Michaelis the way that they did, you might not have thought he was a 3.1 war guy, but he did throw 200 innings. There is some value in that. Uh, it was not a, a great season for Miles Michaelis by his standard, but uh, still took the ball and, and got through 30 some odd starts for the Cardinals over the course of 201 innings. So that's something to note. In the case of Sonny Gray last year, he was a 5.3 wins above replacement for the Twins. This is a career high for Gray, and they're projecting a, a sizable step back from that to 3.1, which I think would still be a pretty respectable mark. They predict a 3.83 earned run average for Gray. 
over the course of 180 innings, nearly a strikeout per inning at 8.6 Ks per nine. That's the way that it shakes out for the steamer projections for Sonny Gray. Would you be disappointed by that? A 3.8 ERA, a little more than three wins above replacement, 180 innings. You know, that would be an ERA bump of about a run almost compared to the the, the high twos ERA that Sonny Gray was able to put together last year. But realistically, I mean, there are other things that go into ERA. Sometimes if you're a little more pitch to contact, you're reliant upon the luck factor to, to fall your direction. And they do seem to give some respect to the Cardinals defensively because I imagine the way these projections work is when you line up the projection on ERA, if you think a team is going to have a good defense, if the metrics believe that, then their ERA should be lower than the FIP, the fielding independent pitching. And across the board for these Cardinal starters, as we go through these projections, all of the ERAs are a little bit lower than the FIP for those respective pitchers, which tells me, all right, they're basically projecting the Cardinals have a pretty good defense, a little above standard, so that the ERAs should benefit from the defense behind them. It's not a, a large jump for Sonny Gray. It's a difference of 3.93 for the fielding independent pitching, that's FIP, versus a 3.83 ERA. So like a .1 differential some of these guys, it's 0. 0.17, 0. 0.15, 0. 0.1. That's kind of the, the range. The only difference is, interestingly, uh, Libertor. They predict a 4.04 ERA, but a 4.34 FIP. That's a larger benefit, and I, and I wonder specific to the way that he pitches what they think about uh, the defense being able to help, maybe to have him exceed those FIP expectations in more of a substantial way than his other fellow pitchers. But nevertheless, Cardinals defense projects to be pretty solid. And I think that's probably fair, especially if they can give the guys some consistency in where they're going to play defensively. Number two, if I were to, I'm, I'm going to take a moment and let you think about who do you think fan graphs or steamer, the projection system that we're looking at today predicts will be the second most productive Cardinal starting pitcher, because I don't know if I would have pegged it this way coming in, but I sort of understand why it is the way that it is. It is not Miles Michaelis. It's actually Lance Lynn that they have as the second highest war earner among Cardinal starters. 2.2 wins above replacement is where they've got Lance Lynn pegged for in 176 innings. I'm going to maybe push back on the Ks per nine. They've only got him at 8.23. And I kind of think Lance Lynn's going to be more of a strikeout guy than that. I think he could be a K per inning type of guy this season for the Cardinals. Why I say that, even with the bad season he had a year ago, he was still a K per inning guy overall. In fact, he was even more than that, 191 strikeouts in 183 innings. And that was including when he goes to the Dodgers and they basically told him, you know, just get through five or six innings for us. You don't have to strike everybody out, but we need you to be more efficient uh, because we're dealing with a lot of injuries here. And the reason we traded for you is because you can be our bulldog. And so I think that was a, a concerted effort by Lance Lynn when he went to the Dodgers to say, all right, I'm on a contender now. I need to answer the bell for what they need me to do, and I don't need to feel like I can. I have to blow away every hitter with a strikeout. And I think that, I don't know if his pitching style benefited from that necessarily. Um, his FIP was much worse. It was like the FIP predicted he would have like a 6 ERA, when in reality he had like a 4.3 ERA with uh, Los Angeles toward the end of the season. But I think they had a pretty good defense, and again, they were basically asking him to pitch that way. He had a pretty good strikeout rate with the White Sox. I think he just needs to limit the homers, which is easier said than done, but I do think you get a, a boost from the ballpark. Bush Stadium is going to help with that a little bit. 
But I think Lance Lynn is going to be Lance Lynn, which is a guy that t- typically strikes out a decent number. I mean, you can go back to 2022, not a full season, only 21 starts, but he had a 399 ERA and he had 124 Ks in 121 innings. Year before that, 176 strikeouts in 157 innings. Consistently, he has always been 2020, 2019. He struck out 246. I mean, you'd have to go all the way back to his last year in St. Louis, 2017, to find a year in which he had fewer strikeouts than innings pitched. That's, you know, that's six, seven years ago at this point. So I think you it's relatively safe to predict that we shouldn't read too much into his low strikeout rate with the Dodgers. I think that was a specific situation where they were under siege with the injuries going on in their rotation. And they basically asked him to pitch that way, and he complied. That's sort of my read on it. I tried to ask Lance about this at winter warm-up. Uh, he gave a good answer, basically sort of confirming that there were some things the Dodgers wanted to see from him with where they were in that place in time that he was able to do, uh, but is going to try and you know pitch the way that he knows how here in 2024. And again, I think that White Sox situation was just just a bad clubhouse to be in, a bad spot, a, a team that was underperforming by a lot and maybe didn't have the leadership in the situation that they needed to get the most out of that roster. So with Lance Lynn, 2.2 wins above replacement. That's where the projection is from Steamer for him for the upcoming year. And just to be clear, last year, he was only a 0.5 wins above replacement guy. So he was at least replacement value, but only a half a win. So to predict 2.2 would be quite a jump. But then again, you look at his previous seasons. He's certainly capable of doing exactly that. I'm going to run down from his first full season as a starter with the Cardinals in 2012. He goes 2.6, 3.3, 3.6. This is all war totals, wins above replacement. 3.0, 1.2, a bit of a down year in his final year with the Cardinals, according to at least uh, the war total. 2.8 in 2018. I believe that was the Twins and the Yankees, I want to say. They don't show the breakdown here on on Fangraphs. 2019, he was a 6.8 wins above replacement. He was brilliant his first year in Texas. 1.5 in the shortened COVID season. So that basically plots out to about a 5 wins above replacement if it were a full season, maybe 4 or 5. 4.3 with the White Sox in 2021. 1.9 in 2022. So this has really been his first bad season. For Lance Lynn, 0.5 war. I think 2.2 is actually a fair estimate. Sonny Gray at 3.1, I think, is fair. Would the Cardinals like it to be higher? They would. Uh, I I did look, and Sonny Gray at 3.1 is projected, according to Fangraphs, 24th in MLB among all MLB starters. Right around Jordan Montgomery, a little below Blake Snell, a couple of guys who are still free agents as of this recording. 3.1, I think that's fair for Sonny Gray. For Lance Lynn, 2.2, I think is not only fair, but it could still even be a little bit low because I think he'll strike out more than fan graphs and and the steamer projections would have for him. I think he's going to bounce back. Could he be the second best pitcher for the Cardinals? Yes, he could be, and I'll tell you why. Steven Matz has the ability to strike some guys out, but he just has not thrown the innings. The innings load is is predictively not going to be there always for Steven Matz. They actually list Matt's with a lower ERA than Lynn, according to the projection. But I just don't think you can necessarily count on the 176 innings that they're predicting Lynn will have compared to 115 for Matt's. It's just been the nature of his career. Hopefully that's not the case. But I think it's reasonable to say that that Matt's may miss some time. Historically, that's been the way it's gone. 
Lance Lindsay RA is predicted at uh, 4.33, which I think Cardinals fans would take. I think the Cardinals would take. I, I could see it being even a little bit lower than that. I'm pr- I guess I find myself pretty high on Lance Lynn going into the year. Because as I mentioned, when people kind of lump Lynn and Gibson into a bucket of like, oh, the Cardinals kind of went for the, the low-hanging fruit. They went for the stability at the bottom of the rotation. I actually think that Lance Lynn is that in disguise. I think it's actually a case where he could have some upside. Because for his career, other than this past year, which, yeah, you look at the most recent thing and you you react or you overreact to it, I don't think he's a bad pitcher. I think he had a bad year. And I think Lance Lynn's going to have a good year. I could see Lance Lynn finishing with better numbers than Miles Michaelis. And that is the way that it's projected here. Steamer has both guys predicted for 31 starts and a lower ERA for Lynn. Certainly a much lower uh, strikeout rate for Michaelis. They've got a 6.43 K per nine for Miles. 8.23 for Lynn, which I'm going to say I'd take the over on Lynn. I think he could be a, a, a nine per nine. 9.0 strikeouts per nine kind of guy. He can average a K per inning as he basically has for his entire career, including last year, by the way. So 2.2 war for, for Lance Lynn. Over under Cardinals fans, let me know in the comments below. I'm I'm going to say I it's, it's a fair line to set it at. I wouldn't really be interested in taking the under, but I could see like 2.5. I could see him pushing three. Like if Lance Lynn dazzles and he's your number two starter if you're going into a playoff series, that's the version of, of Lynn that the Cardinals will really be able to feel good about. Um, will that happen? We don't know. But would I be shocked if that happened? No, I wouldn't. I don't, I don't think I'm in a spot where I'm trying to bet against Lance Lynn. I think he could have a really productive year. And if that means a 4.00 ERA and 180 or 90 innings with a K per inning, I still think that's pretty darn good, especially for where the Cardinals were last year. Again, you're trying to recover, if you will, from a rotation that was one of the worst in baseball. So to say, why are we getting excited about a four ERA? Well, I I think they've got a bunch of guys who can live in that area, and then there's the chance that some of them will exceed it. And maybe whether they do or don't is what determines whether this is an 84-win season where you barely miss the playoffs or 89-90 win season where you're in on the strength of a rotation that performs better than expected. I think that could be an area where if we just boil everything down for this Cardinal season, it could come down to that, to be totally honest with you. But let's move further down the line and examine who Fangraphs, who Steamer, the Steamer projections believe will be the third most productive Cardinal pitcher. And it's really a tie between Kyle Gibson and Miles Michaelis, for whom Steamer has projected 2.0 wins above replacement. Now, Michaelis last year, I'm going to have to think, I'll take a look here was 3.1. How they come up with 2.0 is a little bit of a a flummoxing plan for me. Like, I would say Michaelis was pretty bad last year compared to what, you know, you'd come to expect from him. But he still gave him 200 innings, and I think that that's going to give you some mileage on the projections or on the war. Like, that's they ended up at 3.1 war because of the innings load that he was able to to give to the Cardinals. What's weird, though, and I, and I won't have time to dig into the numbers now to figure this out, so if, you, if you've if you already done this math out there, let me know how they come up with this, but it was a, a 2.8 wins above replacement in 2022 with better numbers across the board. More innings, lower ERA, lower FIP, lower everything for Michaelis in 2022. So I don't know why such a low wins above replacement that year. 
there's something I'm missing. The the strikeout numbers, you know, that that plays into it. I think you've got to have have good K numbers to really be appreciated by war. But nevertheless, a 2.8 in 2022, he was 3.1 last year. I, again, I'm not sure how how that is how how that circle gets squared. Um I guess fewer starts. He made 35 starts this past year and for just giving a solid enough quality type of start, I imagine that's worth quite a bit. So maybe that's how the the difference comes through. But for me, for Miles Michaelis this coming season, yeah, I'm going to say more than 2.0. 31 starts, 183 innings pitched is the projection. He had 35 starts last year. A workhorse takes the ball unless he's got a serious injury. I don't think you peg him for an IL stint typically. So I think they're a little bit light on Miles Michaelis. And as for Kyle Gibson, they've got him at at a 2.0 war as well. And we'll look at Kyle Gibson's numbers last year. We know he won a ton of games. He had a 15-win season for Baltimore, but his ERA was pretty high, 4.73. He was worth 2.6 wins above replacement last year. Steamer predict, projecting, uh, projecting. I'm going to continue to mess that up, 2.0 for the coming year. 2.0 for Michaelis, 2.0 for Gibson. They te- technically list Gibson first, so I guess 2.0 and some decibels. Gibson comes out ahead of Miles Michaelis. What do we think about that? I think two for Gibson is about right, but the hope is that he's your number five starter, right? And I would say Miles Michaelis, hopefully closer to three wins above replacement because with a 4.53 ERA that they project for him, that would be 0.2 lower than the 4.73 he had last year, I think it was. Ideally, Michaelis gets a little bit better luck in the fifth department than he did last year. Because his fielding independent pitching was 4.27. It was only 0.4, less than half a run, higher than Miles Michaelis's FIP from 2022 when he had a 3.29 ERA. So that year, Cardinals had a really good defense still. Michaelis outperformed his FIP, fielding independent pitching, 3.29 to 3.87. It's better than a half run lower than his ERA should have been, according to fielding independent pitching. But this past year, when the defense certainly did take a dive, his FIP, 4.27, well, his ERA ended up more than half a run worse. So that's like a 1.2 ERA swing, when in reality, the FIP was so small, the differential. Actually, more than 1.2. Miles went up almost a run and a half on ERA, but on FIP only went up by 0.4. So is there room for the Cardinals to have a more stable defense this year and that to lead to Michaelis to have more stable numbers because he is reliant upon a pitch-to-contact style. He doesn't strike out very many guys, never has, probably never will. Yeah, I think a better defense in 2024, a defense that makes more sense, helps Miles Michaelis perform better every fifth day. Give those fielders a consistent spot for the most part. I would say outside of Brendan Donovan, who's probably inevitably going to move around, give the outfielders a spot. Jordan Walker, you're in right, which they mostly did. But Newpar, you're in left. You're not going to have to play center. If they can execute that plan, which I don't know if they'll be able to do, then I think it's better for guys like Michaelis specifically. Steven Matz is fifth on this list in war projection at 1.8 wins above replacement. And for Steven Matz last year, he was 2.0. So, you know, that's 
interesting. The, the breakdown is actually even more specific than that, though. They're projecting 1.8 war for Matt's, I believe, in the rotation. I don't know that that includes what they expect from him in the bullpen, which Steamer does have a handful or more relief appearances that it project, uh, projects for Steven Matz. That was me control effing to see if I could find Matz listed with the relievers. You can't. So they expect him to be a 1.8 war, but that includes 19 starts and 10 relief appearances. Last year, he was 2.0 war, accumulating 1.7 war as a starter and accumulating 0.3 war as a reliever. So when I look at these war projections for the Cardinals rotation this coming season, I have to recognize that a little bit of that 1.8 for Mats, I think they're they're expecting to come via the bullpen. But if you just add up Sonny Gray, Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, Miles Michaelis, Stephen Mats, and then I'll tell you that Libertor, McGreevy, Graceffo, and Robertsa are the other four that they expect to make a few spot starts. A total of, it looks like, 13 spot starts between those four. The war total is 0.7. So I'll just... Uh, Libertor is going to be in the bullpen, so that might not be fair. Let's just say it's about 11.5 war expected for the Cardinals starting pitching staff this year compared to 9.6 last year. That's only two extra wins. Is that enough? Is that earth-shattering? No, to be honest, it's not. It's not a significant distinction. Is there an area where we think maybe they get it wrong and the Cardinals can actually have more value from the rotation than... Steamer is projecting. I mean, Sonny Gray was over five war last year. Let's say he, instead of 3.1, he's three and a half. Lance Lynn, instead of 2.2, he's two and a half. Let's say Michaelis, instead of two, he's closer to three. And Matt's, if he gets better health and, and more, like let's say he stays in the rotation and doesn't isn't used as a reliever. Because the way they have it set up now, as long as he's performing and healthy, Matt's will stay in the rotation. So in that case, maybe he's more of a 2 than a 1.8. We squeeze out an extra 2 to 3 wins above replacement from those changes, and all of those are the optimistic view, right? None of those are, hey, someone's going to miss the year with injury. You start delving into that territory, and it can get rough. But I think you could see like a 13-war rotation compared to 9.6 from last year. I could see four wins better in terms of war. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What would the impact of that be? Well, I don't know. I don't know that it's going to be earth-shattering, folks. And then we'll compare it on the bullpen front 
to what the Cardinals had last year and what we'll expect them to do this year. Relief pitchers for the Cardinals. This counts anybody who appeared in a game as a reliever, including the guys like Mats who also started games. Compiled 4.4 wins above replacement, the entire bullpen. Helsley led the way at 1.5 war. Romero at 1.2. Chris Stratton was 1.0. Hicks was 0.9. And then you had Mats Gallegos, Zach Thompson, John King between 0.2 and 0.3, respectively. Dakota Hudson, Libertor, and Jacob Barnes registered a 0.1, as did Packy Dalton, Guillermo Zuniga. Everybody else was either 0.0 or worse than that. Kyle Leahy, Andrew Suarez, Drew Verhagen, Casey Lawrence, Ryan Tapera, Hennessy Cabrera, all in the negatives. Uh, Andre Palante was a negative 0.1 as well, and that was a guy who was a regular in the bullpen. All of that adds up to 4.4 wins above replacement contributed by last year's bullpen. Let's take a look at what Steamer projects for this year's bullpen. Helsley leading the way, and, and I think these projections are going to be a little bit conservative for, for guys because it's going to be difficult to say, yeah, this reliever all of a sudden is going to be a two or three win guy. It's harder to, to accumulate war as a relief pitcher. It just is. You don't throw as many innings. You got to be really, really impactful to, to kind of crack the seal on a, a higher war total. But I'll just read off what they expect one through 10. I'll kind of tell you, you know, some of the guys that, that they expect to accumulate war because there's a bunch of guys listed. Some of these names I don't even know that are listed at 0.0 that maybe they project to pitch an inning or a game. But I'll tell you, everybody on fan graphs, according to Steamer, there's 11 guys that project to have at least a positive wins above replacement, 0.1 or better. Helsley leads the way at 1.0 wins above replacement. Then you've got Jojo Romero at 0.7. Zach Thompson at 0.5, and they don't expect him to do much in the way of starting, and it doesn't look like they expect him to accumulate any war as a starting pitcher either, at least according to what I'm looking at here. Gallegos, 0.4. If I said Thompson was 0.5. Palante, 0.4. Kittredge, 0.3. That might be a little low. They might have some plans for him to be to be pretty useful. They don't like Kittredge for a very high strikeout rate, which I don't think is, I don't think I agree with. I think he'll be close to 1K per inning, 9 per 9. Nick Robertson at .3, John King, .2, Drew Rahm, and Riley O'Brien at .2. Ryan Fernandez is the 11th name, .1. So nothing earth-shattering here from the bullpen in terms of those expectations. I add all that up. It's about .4.4, just like last year. Is the bullpen very different? Eh, maybe not, but I think you're going to be able to avoid some of those negative performances more so than you did last year because I think the depth of the relief core, at least as we head into spring training, is stronger for the Cardinals than it was last year. Injuries could certainly kind of do a number on that, and if it happens that way, then you know maybe they do end up back to square one. That's certainly plausible. So at least according to the steamer projections, you've got a rotation that figures to provide a couple more wins above replacement compared to last year and a, a bullpen that's about the same as the production they've got last year. But again, there's a lot of those guys that these systems are not going to have an easy time lining up a projection for in terms of the relievers because they, they don't necessarily know who's going to be in the mix uh, for sure. 
So there could be some diamonds in the rough there that help out the Cardinals. But what do you think, Cardinals fans, about this revelation of kind of where they are, according to Steamer, which does uh, you know a solid job of of these projections every year? It's not going to be perfect, never will be, but kind of gives you an idea. What stood out to me most was Lance Lynn projected for the second highest WAR, and I honestly think that that's right. That's something that I would would peg it as, and I wonder if Cardinals fans hearing that have maybe a similar thought process on it, or if you say, no, I think that would be a bad sign for where the Cardinals are at. I just see more upside in what Lynn could provide if he's at his best versus Michaelis. Michaelis is still going to have to be reliant upon the defense, and he can that can work. He's had all-star caliber years doing that. But I, I'm curious, with another year on the uh, of tread on the tires, so to speak, how that plays out. I think he needs to be better than he was last year, Miles, but I don't know if he necessarily has to reach back to, you know, the the all-star season and be that guy or even what he was in 2022. If he could be a 3.95 ERA, man, and I, I think Lance Lynn could be around the same, but with maybe more strikeouts, maybe Sonny Gray goes from 2.8 ERA to 3.5. That's three guys that are giving you a really good chance to win every time they go out through the rotation. And then what do you get from Steven Matz? Look, I know that the Steven Matz experience was was largely a roller coaster ride last year. But I I do find it interesting that if you look at his final numbers, man, he I mean he was solid. 3.86 was the ERA for Steven Matz. He was really really good at times and really really bad at times. I think what the Cardinals would prefer is to get some more consistency, the steady drumbeat of Steven Matz. What could that look like this year? The year the Cardinals signed him off of when he when he had one season in Toronto, he started 29 games at a two uh, 3.82 ERA, 150 innings, almost a K per inning, 144 Ks. Like, that would be kind of the Steven Matz version that I think, like, he'll pitch almost like a number three, but you just know he's maybe going to miss a few starts here and there it's just kind of baked into the expectations. I think that could work as kind of your number three, number four, and then have have the notion of Miles Michaelis as a solid number three, number four, and Kyle Gibson kind of bringing up the rear as your number five. But if he's a 4.8 ERA and can limit the number of games where he just is out by the second or third, because that was kind of like the Jack Flaherty thing and the, the Mats thing at times last year, and certainly – Guys like Hudson and, and, gosh, Adam Wainwright. I mean, that's what the Cardinals are really trying to avoid with the way they've built the rotation. Do you think it's going to work? What do you respond to from the projections we have laid out here from Fangraphs? What kind of rotation do the Cardinals have this year? Uh, and how do you feel about the bullpen as of right now? Sure, they could still make ads. They could add guys. There are guys out in the market. But we kind of expect them to be kind of settling into their digs as of as of right now. So let me know what you think, Cardinals fans. Give us a shout in the comments section below. Hit like on the video, and please do subscribe to the channel if you enjoy our Cardinals content here on YouTube. Helps us out a lot. Thank you guys so much for listening. That's going to do it, though, for this edition of the show. We will talk to you next time on Be Shafe Daily. Peace.